Hello, and welcome to another episode of Norboard's Builder Insights Podcast. Builder Insights is your best source of information on new building techniques, materials, tools, and codes. Keep up to date with the latest developments as well as tips and tricks that will save you time and money on the job site. And now, Builder Insights. Hello, and welcome to Episode 3, Radiant Barriers. Myths busted and facts explained. Radiant barriers have become somewhat shrouded in urban myth. They were not, for example, invented by Nassau, but rather by the far less exciting German businessmen, Schmidt and Dykerhoff, in 1925. Nassau has employed radiant barriers since the Apollo program for use on equipment, astronaut suits, and spacecraft. While radiant barriers do contribute significantly to the reduction of cooling, and in some cases, heating costs, they are not the panacea to energy efficiency some make them out to be. They need to be utilized as part of a cohesive building envelope. The following is a recorded conversation with Doug McNeil, marketing manager from Norborg, discussing how radiant barriers could be used to reduce summer heat gain and improve the efficacy of your building envelope. So today we're going to be talking about radiant barriers. Mm-hmm. And my first question is, uh, no surprise, how does a radiant barrier work? Well, basically, uh, and I'm no physicist, um, uh, but basically there are certain materials, uh, all materials have a certain resistance to uh, to radiant heat, et cetera, from rock, stone, glass, or whatever. Aluminum happens to be one of the best ones. Um, and and it basically, uh, you'll, you'll see it, you know, turns the radiant, uh, sun's radiant energy back out uh, into the sky or whatever but basically what it does is just block it mm, um, okay. and and that's really it it stops uh, 97% approximately of the sun's radiant energy from getting past it right so okay that, and it, just yeah. I just to clarify today we're talking about how it ap- applies to the roof aren't we we're not uh, so radiant yes. barriers in terms of how it applies to uh, roof sheathing in particular yes yes okay yes yeah so yeah what is the difference between conduction, convection, and radiation? Well, as I said, I'm not a, a physicist, and the first thing I'll say is uh, that there's a great document on our website called The Physics of Foil, which goes into mm. a lot more depth. But okay. um, uh, uh, essentially, conduction um, is is the flow of heat um, through a material, and, and I think... Uh, my example of that one would be you put a, a cast iron frying pan onto the element mm-hmm. and it heats the pan, but it also heats the handle. It moves up to the handle, ah, so uh, yes. you, 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 you have to wear some gloves or you're going to burn your hands. So that's, that's the movement of, 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 the, uh, of the heat flow mm-hmm. through, um, through a, a material, whatever okay. that material is. Okay. Um, convection um, is the movement or transport of heat mm-hmm. uh, through a gas or, or liquid. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the, again, I'll go back to the stove analogy here. Uh, the oven's on and you walk past it and you mm-hmm. can feel the heat from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, that's convection. Um, radiation is uh, a little bit more complicated. Uh, mm-hmm. 
I've, I've read it as being the transmission of electromagnetic rays through space. <laughs> Whoa, there's a handy one that little buddy grab a hold of. Uh, but they're like uh, radio waves and, and uh, that, that, that move. The sun obviously doesn't go through, it comes through space, uh, the, the heat from the sun. Uh, comes through space and until mm -hmm. it hits something that uh, then it warms up whether it's uh, your uh, your own body or whether it's a roof uh, I always like to say if, if somebody wonders what uh, if uh, foil really works uh, go out on a really sunny hot day and uh, feel the sun on your face and then hold mm -hmm. a piece of uh, foil up in front of your face not touching your face but out and you'll you'll see a, a marked marked difference so oh, interesting. Um, interesting. Yeah, that, that's, uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, and, and all materials to some degree block radiation, but uh, aluminum just happens to be one of the best ones, so, yeah. So are, are there different types of radiant barrier? Um, in, in terms of construction, yeah, there, mm -hmm. there's basically two types. There's, uh, there's a foil that's laminated to uh, the OSBs or the roof sheathing, the structural roof sheathing itself, mm -hmm. uh, and there are what I sort of call aftermarket. Uh, somebody with an existing house can buy, um, it's almost like a bubble, it can be foil on two sides, and that, that staples onto the underside of the um, underside of the rafters or trusses uh, mm -hmm. as an aftermarket. It's, it's a little bit awkward to try and get up in the attic and install it, but... Uh, oh, especially after the fact, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're, you're working around all kinds of stuff up in there, whereas a roof sheathing on new construction, or somebody who's having a, a new roof put on their house, mm -hmm. then that's... Uh, then having it right on the roof sheathing to begin with is, is the more economical way to go for sure. <clears throat> but okay. it can be done the other way too. So you, you've touched on this a little bit, Doug, but what, what are the advantages of a radiant barrier in terms well, of the roof? Yeah, um, it, it, the advantages basically are it, it reduces the attic temperatures um, by upwards of uh, 30 degrees Fahrenheit. The, um, and the advantage of that, of course, is that you, as heat um, uh, generated from, uh, from below or from, from the sun on the top and you don't have a radiant barrier, then mm -hmm. it, it eventually uh, um, really through, uh, through convection, of course, the sun warms the air, which warms the insulation on the attic floor, which goes down into the living space. So uh, if you can keep an attic uh, at, um, say, 120 degrees instead of 150 degrees, uh, there's some significant uh, advantages to having a radiant barrier in the attic. I see. I know that radiant barriers help to keep summer heat out, but do they keep winter heat in? Um, to a very small degree. That That's not why you would want a, a radiant barrier. There have been a couple of studies done on it. Yes, uh, it does a little bit, but keep in mind here when you're, you're trying to keep the, um, the heat in, mm -hmm. uh, it's the job of the insulation on your on your attic floor mm. to, to do that. Um, and your attic uh, space is ventilated, so you're actually ventilated to the outside, which you need to do for moisture reasons and all very good reasons you've got to ventilate that. So uh, the, the effect is not nearly as strong as, uh, from the heat kind of uh, coming up um, from, the, uh, from the inside of the house compared to the heat that the sun can generate by, by blasting away on, on a roof deck all the time. So yes, but that's not why you would do it. So, I mean, we're, we're talking today about radiant barriers in terms of uh, roof sheathing. Uh, and in particular, uh, you know, this really, this product really caters to warmer climates, doesn't it? Uh, 
Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, you you got to be in the sunshine states to make this um, a, a viable thing to do. Um, we don't, uh, as Norboard, we don't market solar board north of uh, climate zone three. Okay. Uh, that's really the dividing line. And, and why climate zone three? Basically, Energy Star kind of drew that line and said that's where it kind of makes sense. You, you, you really need to... Uh, use a radiant barrier where you have a uh, your cooling season is longer than your heating season right. and there's there's no doubt that uh, you know there'd be some benefits uh, in the northern states or southern Ontario uh, yes we get hot days but the cost to do it and your payback would be uh, far longer than uh, I see will, so it, will it work yes yeah. but you know that's that's not that, but, but that doesn't, doesn't make economic sense right. to, the, to the homeowner basically okay yeah. uh, so how much energy can one save using radiant heat barriers and what temperature differences can expect with radiant barriers well the the, the dollar savings are going to uh, depend totally on on several things a first of all Where's the house? If you're down the Florida Keys or you're up in, in Tennessee, you're going to have a difference there because of the mm. number of cooling days. Um, so that that's that's really the critical factor. The size and the shape of the house mm -hmm. uh, also make a difference. Um, in, down to and including whether the bulk of your roof faces uh, south and west. Uh, the positioning of the house—that's that's into some of the lead programs where you you know, position the house to, to minimize the amount of direct sunlight. Uh, so it's really a wide open uh, wide open number. It also depends on the equipment in the house. <laughs> uh, there is a link on our website to the Oak Ridges National Laboratory, okay. uh, where there's a calculator there. But I mean, I've looked at it. I've used it. Um, played around with it would be the right way to put it mm -hmm. um and and it can if you've got old equipment and new equipment and high energy and medium energy and all, they, they all are factors in the dollar uh savings i so see it's 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 it, can you pinpoint it uh i certainly can't but no. maybe somebody that's uh maybe somebody else can but i don't know but that there is a calculator on there but yeah. excellent okay and, and what temperature differences can can we expect in the roof well, basically, in the uh, on the roof itself, um, in other words, the shingles and the likes, they, there could be a, a three, four, five degree increase in the uh, temperature of the asphalt shingles. Uh, that is still well within um, shingle manufacturers' guidelines for uh, for for their products. So th that's not an issue. And again, as I indicated earlier, you could see upwards of maybe 30% cooler attic. So it really has no harm, uh, harmful effects on the roof itself. It won't shorten the life of the roof. And mm -hmm. uh, so it's, uh, yeah, no, it's just a good product. So can radiant barrier impact the size of the AC equipment required in the home? Yes, it can. If they, uh, there's, there's a, I think it's called the manual J is the calculation for, uh, for determining um, uh, air conditioning cooling size. So yes, we've had uh, energy raters tell us that uh, uh, they might be able to reduce the, the, the tonnage uh, required to cool a house by a half a ton. Um, and, wow. and that that can be, you know, several hundreds of dollars if you can reduce uh, the tons required. And 
the the savings as well if i can go back a little bit here on on the savings if your ac is not running as much and it's not uh not going through the cycles as often yeah. uh there's an electrical savings there that uh you know can can uh, can add up as well you know but huh. it depends on the house and the equipment and if it's done right and uh it 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 can save some money sure so does a radiant bear have an r value doug uh, no, the no. Uh, foil does not have an R value at all. There's a very small R value in the OSB that it's on, yeah. but no, no, it does not. Uh, it does not have an R value. Okay, and and for homeowners, I mean, this is a product that obviously builders can, you know, uh, when they're building a home from uh, from scratch or new, uh, they can use uh, you know a product like SolarBoard. Uh, with a radiant barrier, but also th there's an opportunity for retrofitting here too, isn't there? Well, there is, and that goes uh, really to the sort of that bubble foil that you can buy in home centers and lumber stores uh, to retrofit. Uh, it, you could retrofit, I guess, some panels, but you know, I, I can't see anybody uh, wanting to buy four by eight sheets and cut them and get them up through an attic hatch and install them. I, I, I just can't imagine somebody wanting to do that. But uh, no, but if but they're having the roof done, I guess if the, if there's a new roof going on and they're tearing the sheathing off, yeah, uh, then absolutely. And I do get a lot of uh, uh, requests for information. For example, um, people are, are have had a, a cedar shake roof mm -hmm. um, and they're taking that off and they want to use a radiant barrier the you know fire codes or whatever the reason they're taking the cedar off <clears throat> so there are instances there um, where you can retrofit and put that in now just while we're on that topic I, mm -hmm. I do want to mention here that that uh, radiant barriers regardless of be it a foil on, a, on an OSB panel or, or bubble, they require uh, an inch and an, uh, approximately an inch, three quarters of an inch to an inch airspace in front of that foil. Okay. Now, this goes back to the con uh, conduction. If it's touching something, mm -hmm. um, then the foil then becomes a conductor. I see. It doesn't block. Right. Uh, and, and you need that con uh, airspace because then it takes away the convection side of it <laughs> ah, so okay. you you have to have you have to have that airspace um, otherwise it's just a conductor and the heat will just go through and into whatever it's touching so uh, and I mentioned that because of the cedar uh, shake roof a lot of them have boards that go across and their space maybe four inches apart mm -hmm. well you can put you could put a radiant barrier sheathing on top of those but you were you're decreasing the amount of benefit uh, because it only works where there's an airspace there. I see. So I advise them if they can or they want to to take those boards off and apply the uh, sheathing right to the rafters. So, right. But that's an economic decision of uh, how much am I going to save versus how much is it going to cost me to take all those off. So, right. Okay. But it's it's key, absolutely a requirement to have an airspace in front of um, the the foil, and that's why that's why on a radiant barrier sheathing the foil faces into the attic, not the other way, because if it goes the other way, you put shingles on it, you've done nothing. So, yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and and I know this this was this one's dear to your heart, Doug, because we always talk about insulation and some of the requirements uh, around that. But are any special skills required or or, uh, or equipment for installation? No, there's no uh, no. It's it's the same. Uh, 
same nailing patterns, the same uh, type of nails. It's the same, no special tools, no special training. Just make sure the foil faces into the attic. That's, what about spacing? Uh, spacing, you still need to space an eighth of an inch uh, on all four edges of the roof sheathing as, okay. as required. Uh, no change there. No change. No. Okay. And are there anything uh, that uh, people should avoid doing when installing radiant barriers? Um, not so much when they're installing, um, but I, I will say I've had phone calls and, and emails from people saying, I've got somebody at the door who wants to spray foam uh, the inside of my attic. I've got radiant barrier. Uh, is that going to help it? Uh, putting spray foam on, on, on a radiant barrier completely negates any benefit of the radiant barrier. Right. So it's, uh, <clears throat> it's, yeah, it's just something that you you don't want to put anything on top of, and and you don't want to lay um, a radiant barrier on the attic floor. Okay. Now there's a couple of reasons for that. Uh, one is that because it's a ventilated roof, you will get uh, dust over time, and mm -hmm. and that dust will will decrease the um, will decrease the uh, the effectiveness of the radiant barrier. So you so don't want to put it on the floor. Yeah. I see, and I guess that also applies when you're when you're installing a radiant barrier sheathing. You you want to make sure that the panels are clean as well. Yeah, and you know, I mean, there can be some dirt on them, but I mean, if it's on a sloped roof, it's not going to collect dust. So. Right. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't recommend going up and wiping them down or anything. But you know, if, <laughs> if there's something there that you know, you got a large area, and and yeah. uh, you know, and if there's somebody that's retro. Uh, putting a new roof on and, and uh, that type of thing. Just make sure that the uh, the south and the west um, exposures mm -hmm. have that for sure. And any gable ends that you've got. Uh, gotcha. You know, people tend to forget the gable end was open to the attic. So mm -hmm. if you've got a large gable that's facing south, the radiant barrier should go on there as well. Okay. I've got a silly question, Doug. Were, they, were radiant barriers really invented by NASA? Uh, no, they were not. Um, NASA certainly used them in the space program, but it was actually a, a German scientist uh, came up with it back in the late 20s. So it's been around a long time, a long time. But, but NASA, NASA was the first one that really kind of said, hey, this, this stuff really works for their spacesuits and to wrap the capsules and all that kind of stuff in it. Yeah, so they were the first one to really take advantage and use it. But no, it was a... A German scientist in the late 20s that uh, huh. came up with it. So yeah, it's been Perfect. around a long time. Sneaking up on 100 years here almost when you think about oh, it. Oh wow, yeah, yeah. that's scary. Yeah. yeah, it is scary. <laughs> yeah. Well, Doug, that's thank you very much for uh, talking to us today about the radiant barrier. Uh, and uh, as always, I'm going to make sure that in the show notes that we include links to uh, relevant blog posts uh, on our blog so that uh, our listeners can catch up on anything they might have missed or just review. And maybe there's additional stuff that, uh, like you're saying, the calculator that uh, um, that they can get access to. Uh, I'll make sure that all those links are in the, uh, in the, in the show notes. Super. All right. Thank you very much. Thanks, Doug. Until next right. time. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. That concludes this installment of Norboard's Builder Insights Podcast. You'll find more of the same great content on our blog, including show notes and links to additional information. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing, liking, and subscribing on iTunes. Thanks for listening.